0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Ditton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Amen. Tell that person next to you, I'm glad you're here tonight. Amen. Let's, let's give a big hand to those that are guests. Anybody here for the first time? maybe watching online for the first time if you are here for the first time, second time or third time we don't I don't usually do this but I want to tonight just lift your hand if it's your first, second or third time just put it up high so we can see you look over here, back here, back here, over here. Amen. That's awesome. Welcome. Welcome to the place where Jesus is Lord. That I don't know about what they told you or why you're here but we're here because Jesus is Lord and that's what we do that's who we just sang about that's why we're here to lift up his name to learn about him and to be watching for him tonight amen how many know we're living in times where Jesus could come back right now at any moment how many are thankful you're in a church that reminds us of that quite often that we're not we're not caught up in our lives where we're just lazy and asleep we're staying alert tonight amen and you know i love the holy spirit i love how he works uh we were singing that song that last worship song does anybody know the name of that song somebody shout it out if you know what that song is called the revelation song get your bibles open to the book of revelation i i never tell my the praise team never knows what i'm going to preach and so I thought it was just amazing as we were worshiping that song to think that I'm going to read out of the book of Revelation tonight. And I want to talk about something that's interesting. We're going to read a lot. Say a lot. You know what? I've never done this before. I'm going to, I'm, I don't have any notes, but I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture. And uh, I'm not going to say I've never had notes, there's been a few times, but I, I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture because I just felt led to do that today as I was praying. I actually had two or three different messages that I was working on. And how many, how many uh, thank, are thankful and appreciate and trust that I try to hear from God, what God wants me to say when I get up to preach, amen? I don't just want to just grab a message, but I want to hear what the Lord says. And so when that song came on, I thought, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit, that that's confirmation, amen. Not a not a coincidence. I'm gonna know there's no coincidences, and and uh, we're gonna read from the very beginning. And I'm I'm gonna use the screen for a couple of reasons. You don't have to put it up quite yet, and I'll give the title in just a second. But one is because my printer ran out of ink, and and I and there's nothing on the pages. But I mean, you'd have to decipher to see it. I have my notes over there, but and for two, it's a lot easier for me to look at that screen and read it. Um, and I, I think I had a third reason, but I just forgot what it was. So we'll go with two. Amen. But, you know, the book of Revelation, I talk about this a lot. We're, we're, and just to kind of give us an understanding of what, what, what it is, the book of Revelation is the last book of the Bible. It's the end. And anybody who's ever read a book knows the first chapter and the last chapter are the most important chapters. Everything else in between is good, but you got to have the first chapter, you got to have the last chapter, or the last first book and the last book. And so, interestingly enough, I was looking a little bit today at some statistics, and the numbers don't really matter, but it's amazing how many Christians have not or do not read the book of Revelation. And it's just crazy to me because uh, it's the last book of the Bible, and it's, it's, a, it's futuristic events that are happening right now. But I'm going to tell you why. As I was reading, most people say they don't read the book of Revelation. And some of you might understand it when I say it. Most people don't read the book of Revelation. One would be because they don't understand it. But a bigger one is because it scares them. Okay, it's a fearful book. And to me, for one, if we're smart, how many want to be smart tonight? If something is scary and something is fearful, then that should make us want to live right. It shouldn't make me not want to read it. It should make me want to read it and live right. Because really, the book of Revelation is a book of hope. It's basically saying, here's all the stuff that's going to happen, but it's not going to happen to you. And that should cause us to want to live a holy life, and God is basically Do reverse psychology tonight. Understand that God is not putting that in there to scare us, to make us not want to read the book. He's putting it there to say, this is what's going to happen, so don't be here. And this is what I have to do to tell. And and then also I have to do this because the world doesn't listen to my word in the first place. And so we're going to read the first couple chapters of Revelation because I've told you before to read it, but I don't know if you have. So I want you to, because this is John, they call him the revelator, and it's because he both wrote the book, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ to the church, to us. Say, this is for me. We're going to read about some churches here, but as we read, we're going to put ourselves in there, and the title tonight is, I Know Your Works. Now that should, that should give us a little bit of holy fear, Right? How many know that the Bible says, sometimes you might wonder, how come, how come so much of what pastor preaches is about fear? Because the Bible says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And I'll just tell you, if you're new here tonight, or a new believer, or an old believer, if you don't have the fear of God in your life, you're in trouble. Because fear of the Lord is what is wisdom. In other words, I'm nothing, God is everything. I literally, in the sense of, not not that God would look at me like that, but I literally am an ant, a nothing, in the eyes of a gigantic, universal God. Okay, We know that that same God knows how many hairs are on our head. He loves us with an amazing love. But fear is a good thing because fear causes us to respect God. And today, unfortunately, there's a lot of lack of respect. And I talked about that a few weeks ago in honoring God. And so as we read the scriptures, God is saying to us, get, keep, get your heart right and keep your heart right. And, and the Bible says that as the day's approach of His return, which we know every single day is closer, we should be getting closer to God, not further away. How many know some people tonight that are getting further away from God. Unfortunately, they're heading in the wrong direction. And so tonight, this is a good thing to remember that you don't know my works, and I don't know your works, but He knows my works. And we need to make sure that we remember that God sees everything, and He will test our works. And so we understand that we're not saved. How many know we're not saved by our works? In other words, we can't do anything to be saved. But some people, unfortunately, take that and then they think, well, because I'm not saved by works, my works aren't important. Once you get saved, your works are very important. Because it is what God judges you by. Before you got saved, you were a sinner lost by, by by your sin nature. And Jesus said, I paid for that. Believe on me and you can be forgiven. Then we become born again, and we start our lives over, and we're new creations, and now God says, now, now I need your works to line up with my grace. Amen? And so this whole three chapters, two or three chapters here of the book of Revelation is him, him looking at the churches, and these were the seven churches of Asia, but that doesn't mean he was talking to them. He was talking to them at that time, but he was talking to us 2,023 years into the future, where we would be here in Denton, Texas, and, and as we read these, he's talking to us tonight. So let's pick up Revelation chapter 1, and I'm going to read a lot here. If you don't have a Bible, uh, read on the screen. If you have your Bible, read along. But we're going to read from Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. I may stop a few times, but mostly I'm going to read because I want you to listen. to This is, This is better than any sermon I can preach because this is straight God's Word. And and we know he sang the Revelation song tonight. So this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show His servants. That's us. Things which must shortly take place. Remember, as I'm going to throw some things in here, you might think shortly we're two thousand years removed. Remember, the Bible says one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. We have a watch here tonight. God does not have a watch in the sense of our watch. Okay. These things must shortly take place. He sent and signified it by his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, all the things that he saw. Now, blessed is he who reads. Now, isn't this interesting as we get started? Most people don't read the book of Revelation, yet the Bible tells us blessed is the one who reads it. So maybe a lot of people aren't as blessed as they could be because they don't read the the book that says, Blessed is he who reads and those who keep the words of this prophecy. And keep those things which are written in it and tell the person next to you, for the time is near. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, speak to us tonight through your word. Show us our works. Let us know where we're at, Father. Father. And if there's anything that needs to be repented of, we repent of it tonight, Lord. Let our hearts and our minds and our spirits would be lined up with your word because you're such a graceful and a merciful God, and we love you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Tell the person next to you again, the time is near. Let's keep going. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and was and who is to come. Some of the coolest phrases come out of the book of Revelation. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful. I'm thankful he's faithful. Witness the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. Now before I continue, I'm going to teach you something. As you read the book of Revelation, if you've read the rest of the book of the Bible, you're going to see things that are mentioned in the Bible, and they're going to come alive in the book of Revelation. Which, again, makes sense in any kind of book that you read. The last chapter is usually a summary of the rest of the book. But this is obviously not just some book. This is God's words. And when we read these words, we should love it. We should should embrace it. We should be thankful that, that as we're reading this, this is not written by A man, but it's written by the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's coming straight from the throne of God. How many believe tonight that every word in the Bible is God's word? Amen? So he says, uh, To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And has made us kings and priests. If you don't read the book of Revelation, you don't understand that you're a king and a priest tonight. To His God and Father, to Him be the glory and dominion. To who? Who's the dominion? Who's the glory? Somebody shout it out. What's His name? Anybody else? No. Not Not an actor, not a singer, not an athlete. To Him, Jesus, be all glory and honor and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, He is coming With the clouds, and every eye will see him. Now, I told you I'm gonna stop a little bit as I go along through here. This, if you know your Bible and have read your scriptures, is the second coming of Christ. Because in the rapture, which we've been talking about and we'll be talking about again in the next few weeks, uh, we we try to mention it often, the rapture is something where the church is taken away. I just mentioned that to you, and and we talked about this also in discipleship on Friday, that the difference between the second coming and the rapture is everyone on the earth will see Jesus coming in the clouds when he comes down to earth to start the millennial reign. But when the rapture happens, we'll be taken, we'll be caught up into heaven and removed before the wrath of God comes on this earth. It says, even those who pierced him, all the tribes of the earth. Now here's how we see this. When he comes the second time, it says all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Why will they mourn? Because he's not coming this time as a savior. He's coming this time as a judge. Okay? Because of him, even so, amen. How many are glad that he's come? When he comes for us, he's coming as a savior and not as a judge. How many are thankful for that tonight? I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. John, both your brother and I, Companion, I, John, both your brother and companion, in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. This is another thing to understand. He's saying that right now on this earth at that time, there's tribulation. Everybody has tribulation. How many had some tribulation this week? Okay, That is not the tribulation. That is tribulation that goes through in our lives and we'll see later that he talks about a different tribulation was he says i'm on the island of patmos for the word of god and the testimony of jesus christ i was in the spirit on the lord's day and i heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying i am the alpha and the omega The first and the last. And what you see, write it in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Theatra, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, Clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about with a chest, sorry, to the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were like wool, as white as snow, his eyes like the flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Isn't that powerful? He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went, does this sound familiar to anybody, a two-edged sword. His word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. In other words, you couldn't look at it. Before the service started, Peter was sitting right there by me, and I said, Peter, look outside. And he turned, and he was blinded immediately by the sun. You can't look into the sun, because that's how great the sun is. Amen. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. That's a whole nother message right there. You want to make it for God? Fall at his feet every day and die. Every day. To who? To yourself. But he laid his right hand on me. I can't, I don't know about you, but I can't wait till Jesus lays his right hand on me and says, do not be afraid. I am the first. And the last. And he, I am he who lives. How many are glad tonight that we're not worshiping and serving a dead God? Or a demigod? Or a small g God? But we're serving the God, amen? Who is alive and came out of the grave and came back from death and defeated. And he says, I'm alive. Not just, I'm not just alive for a little while. I'm alive forevermore. Amen, he says, and I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write these things which you have seen and the things which are, write these things which you have seen and the things which are, and here's the key, and which will take place after this. In other words, the majority of the book of Revelation is futuristic. Okay? The mystery, remember that word, of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and on the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands, which you saw, are the seven churches. Now, chapter two. We read a whole chapter just now. Amen? Now, here's what we're going to get into. The first one is his presentation, that I am. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I'm all powerful. This is who I am now. Now he says, I'm going to begin to speak to the church. Tonight he's not just speaking to those churches. He's speaking to whoever will listen and will work, look inward tonight and say, God, you know my works. What do they look like? Amen. How many want God to test your works? Well, you might not want to, but he's going to anyway, so you better embrace it. Amen. To so the angel of the church of Ephesus writes, These things, he says, who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, or in other words, the churches, I know your works. That's a scary thing. How many agree that's a scary thing? In other words, God knows the unseen things. Now tonight, before I continue to read, remember... That this Bible and these scriptures we're reading should cause us to do nothing more than be thankful that as God knows our works, He knows them as past works. And that if we have confessed them, they're under the blood. Amen? So we're not talking about things that we have done in the past because that's under the blood. Remember the message about a month ago where I said, Go forward. Stop living in your past. Stop worrying about the things you've already done. You cannot go back and unscramble scrambled eggs. Your mistakes were mistakes. Learn from them and go forward. But what he's saying now is, what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do on Friday? What is your life going to look like next week? The past is over. If there's things the Holy Spirit reveals to you, repent of them immediately get right get get in the right spirit ask god to forgive you but if those things that you've done in the past that you've already asked Him to forgive you are still weighing on you you need to get over those things because if you don't you're not believing god's word so he's talking about the status of where we are now how many are thankful that the bible says his mercies are new every morning, and great is His faithfulness. How many are thankful for that? So I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience. And you've labored for my namesake, and have not become weary. You know, this is interesting. This is how you correct somebody. If you've ever been in a job or a business or even in church, when you're going to correct somebody, you can learn from Jesus. You build somebody up before you tear them down. You tell them the things that they've done good so that they receive the correction. If you just start off with the problem, you don't ever hear the good. He says, listen, I'm noticing all the good things you're doing, but this I need you to change. Okay? So we're all going to be in that place where he says, you know, this is good and that's good, and we're going to feel good about certain things, but then he's going to bring to our spirit things that are wrong. So he says all those things. Then he says, nevertheless, I have this against you. And here's where we have to ask ourselves Is God talking to me tonight? You have left your first love. You don't love me like you used to. That's why we have to renew our vows with the Lord on a daily basis, not on Sundays. Not every other Wednesday, but every morning when we get up, we say, Lord, I love you more today than I did yesterday. I loved you a lot yesterday, Lord, but today I want to love you again. I want to start over. I want to renew my vows and just remind you that I still believe that you're the one who died on the cross for my sins. And I'm thankful that you shed your blood on that cross. And I'm thankful that I'm not the same person that I used to be. I just want you to know again today, September 6th, that I love you. But see, if you don't do that, you begin to, just like in a marriage, you begin to slowly stop loving each other the way you used to love each other. Amen? Next. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. So you might say, where would I fall? The Holy Spirit will show you. What do you do? Repent. God, I'm sorry. And what is repentance? Repentance is saying sorry with the attitude of not wanting to do it again. Repent and do the first work. So he says, go back to your first love, but also keep doing the things that you were doing, or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. Church, we've said this over and over again over the years. Not because we want it to be this way, but because we have to preach the truth, the Bible in truth. You can have your lampstand taken from you. It's just like when you get a visa or a passport or a license, you have to keep it renewed. If your license expires, you have to go renew it. If your passport expires, you have to go renew it. You have to keep your passport and your license and all those documents in good standing. It's the same way with God. We're not, we, don't, we don't get it all together to get saved, but once we get saved, he says, now I need you to keep that license, that salvation in good standing with me by your works. I need you to show me how much you love me by showing me how much you love me. Amen? Not by our words, but by our works and our actions. So can you see here that you can lose your lampstand if you don't repent? That should give us a holy, righteous fear. Not a fear, church, that God is up there, watch this, up there watching and and just waiting with anticipation for us to mess up so He can take the lampstand from us. He's, not, he's a good father. No parent is, is wanting their kid to suffer. No parent is wanting to punish their kids. They want the best for their kids. God does not want to punish us. God does not want to take our lampstand from us. He, but He is a holy God, and we must treat Him in holiness. Can I get a better amen? amen. Unless you repent. Let's keep reading. But this you have... You hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. It's interesting, he even ends with the good. Good, negative, good. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I'll give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. How many believe that place exists? And to the angel of the church in Smyrna. So that was the first church. This is the second one. Smyrna. If you're taking notes, any kind of notes, by the word Smyrna, or in your Bible, put good, or circle it, or this is our example. Because there's, just to give you a spoiler alert, there's seven churches, and if you don't think this is an important message, there's seven churches, and only two of the seven churches are in good standing. That's probably a pretty good picture of today. Not that we want it to be that way, it's just the way it is. That's why Jesus said this road is narrow. It's not a wide road, it's a narrow road. And he says to the angel of the church in Smyrna, Write these things, the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. He just keeps throwing in there those reminders I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those who say they're Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Jesus never pulls any punches with his words, does he? Everybody, oh, Jesus is love. Yeah, he is, but you don't read all of his words, obviously. He said, You brood of vipers. I don't even know what that is, but it's pretty bad. Amen. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. That you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the what? Crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. So we see there that second church, Smyrna, is all good. There's no rebuke. I can't speak for you. That's what I want to be. I want to be the church, I want to be the believer that is in good standing with God, and that I'm not waiting for Him to come tell me what's wrong. I'm waking up in the morning saying, Lord, if there's anything I'm doing, even the smallest, slightest little thing that dishonors Your name, reveal it to me. That's the attitude God is looking for. An attitude of holiness. Do y'all agree with that? Do y'all want to be that church? When He says, I know Your works, and it's... A plus. You know what that shows me? You can be blameless. You can be righteous. You can do the right thing. The church of Smyrna did. We don't have to be the church of Ephesus. Now we go on to the next one. Pergamos. He says, write these things. Says he, and notice that he's repeating again, he who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know your works Tell the person next to you. He knows your works. Tell him this too. He knows what nobody else knows. Ain't about living my life to please you. It's about living my life to please him. None of you died for me. None of you can take me to heaven. Stop trying to please people and please God. Make it your effort to please God. And if you're not pleasing God, then repent and get right tonight. Because his mercies are new every morning. I know your works and where you dwell. God always knows where we're at. Adam, where are you? Do you think he didn't know where Adam was? Adam, where are you at? He's always given us a chance to repent before he has to find us. It's better to, if you make a mistake to repent of it before he comes and says, hey, where you at? Because when he asks you where you're at, he already knows. It's a trick question. And he says to this church, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is but you still hold fast to my name. I many feel like sometimes we're living next to Satan's throne. And he says, you did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you. Because you have, have, you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, That's why it's so important to have sound doctrine in a church who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. Thus you have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans which I hate. See, God hates things. Parents, it's okay to say the word hate when it's things God hates. I know we teach our kids don't say hate, you don't hate other people, but there are things God hates. Repent, or else I'll come to you quickly and I'll fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So that church was having, having sexual immorality, that church was putting up with doctrines that were not biblical. He says, to him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on, a, on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. See, see what else, this. not only does God know your works, he knows what he's going to reward you with. You're working for a reward, not from again from man, but you're working for a reward from God. Meaning when you do things, you don't do it for man's approval, you do it for God's approval. That your right hand would not know what your left hand's doing. And so when you stand before God, he's going to be announcing things that you did for him that nobody else knows you did, because you didn't put it on social media. That you fed the poor, or loved that person, or witnessed to that person. Is anybody else tired of seeing all these people put on the, on, the, on the Instagram and Facebook all the great things they're doing for God? Why? How about just do it for God? Amen. Amen. He who has an ear, let him hear. To him who overcomes, oh, I already read that, sorry, next verse. And to the angel of the church, so now we've got the fourth church, right? Third or fourth? Is this fourth? Th- 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 uh, Thyatira. These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire. See, holy fear. Holy fear. And his feet like fine brass. I know your works love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. See, I don't, I'm just going to say this again. I don't want to hear that from God. And the great example here is that we don't have to. It would be very sad if we were reading seven churches and every seven, single one of the seven churches had something against them. We'd say, it's impossible. But we're going to see that two of the seven churches, and we already read one, did and can and so we need to have a better expectation of the lives we're living for God. That God can say, I don't want to hear the word, nevertheless. How many, like to just, how many like to just hear, you're doing a good job. And then you're expecting the but, but there's no but. Don't you walk away from that meeting happy? We can walk away from God that way. Because nevertheless, have a few things against you. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into what? Great. That's the first time you see the mention of that. Great, which is going to be the next 12 chapters after chapter 5. Unless they... Re- this God, Church, watch this. Thank God for the unless. Don't focus on the fact that, oh, God knows my works. And thank God for the unless unless you, see, he's always wanting us to repent. The Bible says he's slow to anger. Is anybody thankful for that? Because if he wasn't, we'd all be dead. Does anybody remember the example that he left in, in chapter five of Acts, when Ananias and Sapphira were doing a good deed, and they sold the property, and they said they were gonna give a certain amount of money and they didn't, and God said, I'm going to use you as an example, and they both dropped dead on the ground because they lied to the Holy Spirit. Does anybody realize that if we weren't under the grace of God after chapter 5 of Ananias, we'd all be dead right now? Can you imagine we'd just be sitting in services, and people just be dropping dead? We'd be tearing people out. We'd have to have people's funeral home just sitting outside the church. Come on. Thank God. When was the last time, hopefully today, that you thanked God for His mercy? Thank you, God, for loving me even though I'm not lovable. Thank you, God, for dying on the cross even though I don't deserve it. Thank you for not just sending me straight to hell but giving me a chance to repent. Is anybody in here thankful that God knocked on the door of your heart and by grace and mercy, you said, come in, Jesus? I don't know about you, but the closer I get to the return of Jesus, the more close I want to be to Him. The less I want to hurt Him. The less I want to defame Him. The less I want to to exercise my grace. I want to please Jesus. I want to show them how thankful I am. So repent, unless they repent of their deeds. So he's always saying, I'm doing this because I want you to repent. How many know God will always give us a chance to repent? Keep going. Oof. And I will kill her children with death. See, we we got to understand that God is merciful and just, but Peter shouted out, but he's a consuming fire. We must understand that. You must understand both sides of God, not just one, because you're never going to appreciate the mercy if you don't understand the possibility of the wrath. Amen? And he says, all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your what? You're not going to get nothing of my works. I'm not going to get nothing of your works. You're going to get what you do. I'm going to get what I do. Amen? So I'm always challenging you to do the right thing, to witness, to share your faith, to do good deeds, so that you're going to have some works for God, so we don't stand before God empty-handed. Let's keep reading. How many are still here? here? Is this too much Bible? No. Now to you I say, and to the rest in thi- thi- theatra, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other Burden, but hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power. Let me stay here for a second over the nations. See what you're doing today depends on is 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 fixing what you're going to do in the millennial reign. Remember the parable. Where he said, "I'll give you I'll give you uh, leadership over one city, five cities, ten cities." Don't have the attitude tonight of, of your love for God that I'll just pick up trash in heaven. I'll just be glad to be there. I understand that there's, there's a point for that. I understand that there's a humility in that. I understand that some people are going to get in right at the end and they're just going to be glad they're there. Like the thief on the cross. But, but don't, if you've been saved, every day that you're saved, every day that you're going the other way, towards jesus you need to be thankful for what he's done for you and you need to do good works not so you can be saved but so you'll have something to do in the millennial reign and say i love jesus so much that i don't want to just pick up trash in heaven i want a job i want a, i want a good job because i want to show him how much i love him so you're working towards your reward and nothing good goes unseen i'll give you power over the nation's He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They should be dashed to pieces like potter's vessels. This is going into a future event. Also I have received, as also I have received from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. How many are listening to the spirit tonight? As we begin to close, watch this. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, write this down, good. This is the second church out of seven that is in good standing These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Sorry, I'm I'm one one church ahead of myself. That's the next one, Philadelphia. Go back one second. We don't want to be this. We don't want to look like we're alive, but be dead. Amen? Okay, go ahead. Be watchful. And strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Every single church, we see the same word, repent. What is repent? Say you're not going to do it again with the intent of never doing it again. If you just wake up in the morning and you've made a mistake, oh, I'm will just i sorry for that, Lord, but you're going to do it again tomorrow, that's not repenting. Imagine someone just walking up to you in the morning and slapping you in the face and saying, oh, I'm sorry for that. My bad. I didn't mean to do that. And the next morning they slap you again. How am going to get a little bit tired of that. I don't know if you'd even get to the third day. Right? Because that's two cheeks. Bible says turn the other cheek. That's two cheeks. I don't think i got no cheeks left. Amen? What do you do on the third one? We can't do that with God. We can't say, God, I'm I'm sorry in advance for what I'm going to do again. He says, repent. Therefore, if you don't watch, I'll come upon you as a thief. When Jesus comes back and that trumpet blows, is he going to come as your Savior? Are you going to be watching for him, or is he going to catch you off guard? And you will not know what hour I will come upon you. How many know for those that are living for the Lord and have a heart that's right, we know we're not perfect, but a heart that's right, he will not catch us as a thief. Because we're watching and we're looking. Trust me, church, these these kind of messages aren't popular in church today. They don't talk about these things. Because this makes people get up and leave. But Jesus never pulled any punches. He never said it was going to be easy. He said, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross. Take your cross up and follow me. Deny yourself. Anybody still here? Therefore, how, have you, how, how you have received and heard, hold fast and repent. I will, I will come upon you as a thief in the night, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Next. You have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments. That means a church can be in bad shape, but there are people in that church who are living right. And they shall walk with me in white. Now watch this. For they are worthy. None of us are worthy. How can we be worthy? Because we depend on Him. Okay? He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out His name from the book of life. This is why we teach the doctrine that once saved, always saved is not biblical. How can you read that when it says... If you don't do this, I will not blot out means your name can be blotted out. But that does not mean that Jesus is up there on a daily basis, writing your name and blotting it out and writing your name and blotting it out. That's not what it means. You Get to a place where he understands and he sees knowing your works. You're no longer sorry for your sin. That's 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 him. And, And thank God he's merciful. And he's more merciful than we think he is. He says, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And I'm going to ask the musicians to begin to come. Last church. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Write this down. This is the church you want to be. This is the other church That's in good standing. These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door. See, when you're doing right for God, favor comes in your life. You ever watch somebody and go, man, why, is there, why do they have so many doors open? Why are they so blessed? Why, why does it seem like they're, it's not because they're better. It's because they trust God. Amen. He says that he'll open doors that no one can open, shut doors no one can shut. And even if you have a little strength, you've kept my word wow. <clears throat> and have not, what? Denied my name. Indeed, I'll make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they're Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I'll make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. How many want Jesus to say that? He's with me. She's with me. Amen? He's with me. She's with me. Because you've kept my command, I'm going to end with this, as we're talking about knowing that in any moment Jesus can come back for his church. This is why we believe that we're going before the tribulation. He says, because you've kept my commands to persevere, I will keep you also from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. God's going to keep us from that hour. Now, as you read later tonight, I'm going to go ahead and finish there, and you can read more later. As you read later, hopefully... The next chapter and the next chapter, you start getting into 6 through 18 and you see what the tribulation is about, it should cause you to be more thankful that you're on God's side. Amen. Amen? Because those 12 chapters are not for the church, they're for people who have denied Jesus people who haven't lived for the Lord, people who have mocked the Lord, people who have not believed in the salvation of Jesus, people who have played games with God and not taken things serious. But church, we got to understand that he is coming for a church that is looking for him. How many tonight are looking for him? How many tonight are wanting to keep your clothes clean? Amen. How many tonight understand that there's a wedding coming up? And when you're getting ready for the wedding, you're getting ready for the wedding. Amen. Father, tonight I ask you to touch us with your Holy Spirit. You're speaking to us tonight as the church of Denton. Lord, you're speaking to us as if we were in the book of Revelation, and you know our works. There'll be no excuse when we stand before you, God. Lord, we have to trust and depend on the forgiveness of your precious blood. But Lord, when we know something's wrong... When we're doing something we know we shouldn't do, we can't just keep saying, oh, God will forgive me. We have to turn from those things. We have to change the way we think, the way we live, and we have to line it up with your precious word tonight. Father, as we read these scriptures, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you that the fear fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God, I know tonight that I can never line my life up with you without your grace and without your mercy. But Lord, I want to do the, to the best of my ability. I want to obey your word. I want to have a heart that says, God, search me. Search me, Lord. And see, as, as 1 Corinthians 13 says, examine me. See if there's anything in me that's not right. Pride. Unforgiveness. Anger. Sexual immorality, perversion, lies, deception, anything, God. Lord, one day we'll hear the trumpet sound. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Those who died believing in Jesus. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet you in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then, Father, all hell will break loose on this earth. And you'll begin to deal with the people of this earth that denied you and did not believe in you. But then, God, there'll also be a great move of God on this, church, on this earth. Many, 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 many people will come to the salvation of Jesus Christ. But they will have to do it by their works. They'll have to do it by dying for their faith. They'll have to to be a part of an earth that is beyond what we can even imagine today. And Lord, we ask you tonight to count us worthy, as your word says in Luke 21. Don't let us get caught up in carousing and drunkenness and the cares of this world, Father, but let us be on our knees saying, God, I don't deserve salvation, but I sure thank you for it. And I'm going to live my life in the best of my ability to glorify and honor your name. How many all over this place tonight is the Holy Spirit is here and He's walking the aisles and He's convicting and He's challenging and He's comforting and He's dealing with us and He's reminding us that there's nothing hidden from God. How many all over this place watching on, online, listening on the podcast could say tonight, I know my life is not right with God. If Jesus came back tonight for the church, or if I died and breathed my last breath, I would not go to heaven because my life does not line up with God's word. How many could say, that's me tonight. I need to repent. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just lift your hand and say, that's me. Just lift it up, put it right back down. You're talking to me, Holy Spirit. I need to get right. I need to change some things. I've never said the sinner's prayer. I've never admitted that I'm a sinner. I've never said, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I've never put my faith in what God did to take my sins on that cross for me. And today I want to do that. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm going to wait just a few more seconds. How many all over this place could say, I've never done that. Today is my day. Today is the day of my salvation. Before we move into a different direction where we're going to just spend some time in God's presence, examining ourselves. There's maybe some people watching online or listening on the podcast who've never said this prayer. Or maybe you're here tonight and you were embarrassed to raise your hand. You can still say this prayer, but I do want to remind you of something. The Bible says if you don't confess him before man, he won't confess you before his father. But if you deny him before man, he'll deny you before the Father. Don't be ashamed to admit that you're a sinner. Don't be ashamed to admit that you need a Savior. As we stand all across this place tonight and stay in this spirit of reverence, I want you to say this prayer with me tonight from your heart. Lord Jesus, I come before you tonight and I recognize that I'm a sinner that I fall short of your grace and your glory. And the wages of my sin is death. But also, God, the gift of God is eternal life. And you came down from heaven and lived a perfect life to be the perfect sacrifice. So when you died on that cross, You took my place. You paid the price for me so God could be satisfied. And you see the blood of Jesus when you see me. Please forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean from all my mistakes and all my sins. And I also believe, Jesus, that you came out of the grave and defeated death, and hell, and the grave. I receive that tonight, and I give you lordship of my life. From this day forward, I am going to live to the best of my ability a holy, righteous life that pleases you. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's thank God for his mercy tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.